2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified
3: customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And you say, I just, you know, you don't think it would work. Well, if they did bring back
4: Mason Rudolph and he had those three wide receivers oh, to well, throw to. Then we're, I mean. You're telling me he couldn't put up numbers? I mean, I'd be more excited about the prospect of what Rudolph could do with those guys, quite honestly. Because he'd stand in the pocket and make throws. Yes. You almost said that in like an accusatory tone. Like, how you know, yeah, I know. He stands in no, the but pocket. He actually I'm, does. That's why I'm
3: saying regardless of who the quarterback
4: is. Yeah, if I put my personal hang up about like not thinking Pickett can get it done even in a new better offense and thinking whatever improvement is going to be marginal and, and not where they need him to go. If I put that aside, then yes, the answer should be Higgins because it's just loading them up. All right, let's look through some of these guys who are, in my opinion. Hold on, probably- I have a question. One, yes, one please. question. This is a fairy godmother hypothetical you gave me. Yep. In that one though, you wouldn't then give George Pickens a second deal, would you? Because you, they never have had two guys on major deals at one time. You'd be saying we're casting <laughs> well, on our a lot second, with T. Though. Higgins.
3: Probably not. But they're paying two edge rushers right now. They're, is they're- that a great plan? They've tied up it's how not, much they tied up what well,
4: forty-five yeah, I mean, or six million. I, I of didn't those want two. I
3: didn't want them to give Highsmith that contract. So is it a great plan? End of the day, probably not. I mean, there's part of me that wonders by the end of this upcoming season, am I gonna look at Nick Herbig and think he's good enough to be a starting outside linebacker in this league? And I think there's a decent chance I will think that. Like I'm happy that they have almost an embarrassment of riches at a position where they had very little depth at not too long ago. But I, for as productive and as good and as rock solid as Highsmith is, I think there's a good chance by the end of of uh, this season, I'm like, I wish they had spent that money on a offensive player, a offensive lineman of that repute. You know, like that's that's how I see that position right now. Um, but. There got to be examples of teams that have paid two wide receivers
4: a lot of money. Yeah, not that I'm not saying that the Steelers' way of doing this is, is the right way. It's just it would be wildly out of character for them. But I probably shouldn't have even said that because you are giving me a fairy godmother hypothetical here.
3: All right, so let me give you some guys, and you tell me these are like more realistic options. Tell me how you would feel if you found out this player was signing with the Steelers on the first day of free agency.
4: Patrick Queen. I just i I feel strongly that you would be overpaying for what you'd get there. Would not like it, Donnie. You know how I feel about inside linebackers and paying them a lot. You of
3: find money. out on March 11th, Patrick Queen signed a four-year deal with the Steelers. What's your reaction to it?
2: Good player, but you do have a ton of money already tied up in that defense. And I I actually think they got pretty good play out of those guys last year before injury. And if you can just get some of those guys back I'm trying to think of in my head what their status is. Hey, Alexander's
3: a free agent. Roberts has another year on his deal. And Holcomb is under contract, but when is he going to be ready to play?
2: I would I would try to, to honestly run it back with the guys they had. I n- I know that we uh we don't know about Holcomb, but Roberts and Alexander showed me plenty. So would
3: I, but I don't rule out the Steelers doing something like that.
2: Yeah, we, we, we said this, though, last year about Edmonds, if you remember, before they cut Terrell. Yep. And a, a lot of the dots got connected, like, oh, they're going to go after Tremaine Edmonds. He's going to be the big price inside linebacker. I just, I just,
3: uh, how do we know they didn't, and they didn't just get outbid by a Bears maybe. team that has way more money than them in free agency?
4: Maybe. Maybe. I just – I don't – the bottom line for me is, at that position, I would rather continue to take – shots in the middle rounds of the draft on projectable players i what if I think, you found out it was devin white for I like think, eight or nine million dollars a year i'd still think that's an overpay that guy has a super bowl ring and he played great in the super bowl he was phenomenal in that one game he has not had an appreciably different no, career I agree. than devin I felt bush like
3: kind of came on though at the end of
4: last year once he's he a got better back player than Wild. devin bush but he is absolutely not worth where they picked him
3: how would you feel if on day one of free agency the steelers signed chase young
4: you know what has has been burned into my retinas and my brain with him? Somebody highlighted that play like, against his a lack of wasn't effort. Trying. Yeah, just did not Looked give a rat's good ass. In the Super Bowl, though. Yes, he did. But I'm. this is And this we know is Tomlin like, loves him. Get off my lawn, Mulsey, saying I can't shake that image of him. I don't
3: know if he can play defensive end in their defense. Well, he's a pure 4-3 uh, edge guy. Well, then he can't play in their defense because you've already got Highsmith and, and TJ, but- there were Steelers insiders that were thinking that Young might have been might have gotten traded here last year, knowing that they had Highsmith and Watt. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would think that that's square peg, round hole. How would you feel if on day one of free agency the Steelers signed Jalen Johnson to a deal, the corner who they
4: were interested in at the trade deadline last season? I'd be all right with that. I'd be more all right with that just because it's a position of like great value in the modern NFL, Donnie.
2: Yeah, I I know that I just said that they already have a lot of money tied up in the defense, but they will probably pick that defensive backfield to rehaul a little bit, like they did with the inside linebackers last year. Like, we're set with Porter and Minka Fitzpatrick. I think otherwise we're going to see a, a handful of new faces, and Johnson, I think, fills a pretty big void on the other side of the defense. You have him and Porter – mixed in there I feel a whole lot better than Porter and 30 plus year old Patrick Peterson on what the 10 million dollars
3: It's going to be like 20 million dollars a year for Johnson but he's young
2: what about Snead I know he could be like franchise tag Well so
3: could Johnson they both could well, be franchise th- tag The other thing is and Kansas City can't franchise tag J- Jones because he put a clause in his yep. contract that he's like going to inflated be- the number to over 30 yeah, mil
4: he's going to hit he's going to hit free agency you know, unless they come up would with, would you rather have insane. sneed or johnson i think i'd rather have sneed would you rather have sneed or johnson or option three one of the corners in the first round from what is apparently a very deep class a good and deep class like made there are ready-made players that aren't i think i'd bridges. rather have the
3: free agent even though it's a lot more expensive because i trust them especially for younger guys and not past their prime guys like
4: peterson you have that's to just ma- my first I mean, gut I reaction I know, and it. that's what I asked you for. Man, you got to just make absolutely damn sure that you are getting a free agent who is a scheme fit for you and not like you're trying to convince yourself that he's a scheme fit in what you like to do. With a draft pick, I think you almost have a better sense of that. How would you feel if they signed Justin Matabuke on day one of free he's, agency? He had an awesome year this year. I mean, he was terrific. But again, you know what you're going back to? I know I just said I wouldn't mind a Jalen Johnson because corner is, I think, so valuable. But just how much money are we going to spend on this defense? Yep. How much? How many resources? See, this is the problem. When you have a plan in place that is predicated on, yes, we will be a veteran-tested, paid, well-compensated well, de- well p- compensated defense. Are young quarterbacks going to be really good and make all this worthwhile? This is the problem you run into when that young quarterback doesn't deliver the goods. The best free agent center listed here is Connor Williams, who used to play for the Cowboys
3: and is, was in Miami this past year. And Spot Track projects him as a $13.5 million guy. They think he'll sign a deal five years, $68 million. Uh Does he have any, like, uh, does he have any all pros, Connor Williams? Dolphins? What's I'm his checking. PFF grade?
4: Oh, man, you're very demanding here.
3: You know, I have to take the PFF grade with a grain of
4: salt because they thought Miles Garrett. Then was why'd you than ask T.J. for it?
3: Well, I'll just take it, and if it's, it's a data point, if it if
4: fits if if your personal view of the player, then you're in good shape. Yes. No all pros, none of that. Uh, no Pro Bowls. Uh, P- Pro Football Reference thinks he's a solid football player. Uh, now, only nine games because he got hurt. Center from Miami, yep. Oh boy, PFF, they love them some Connor Williams. Yeah, eighty-six point five grade this year. Now, how can you put that in context? Like, what kind of grade did TJ Watt have?
3: Like, are they saying that he was the TJ Watt of centers? Like, he was on that kind of. No, elite I can
4: actually give you level. I can actually give you. Um, I can actually give you perfect context. TJ Watt's grade was ninety-one point nine. But you can do this by position, pony, and I am going to get you. Centers graded, okay? Mm-hmm. Just center grades. Here we go. Uh, he was the third highest graded offensive center. And among guys. As opposed that, to
3: the defensive center.
4: Yes. And among guys that actually played a lot of snaps, he's really second behind Ragnall from Detroit, who was very good. How many Steelers had a higher grade than him, period, this year? Uh, just Connor Watt. Williams? I would think just Watt. With that, without oh no, you know what? Highsmith had a higher grade, I think too. Highsmith was basically like almost the same graded player from PFF. Who would have been the Steelers' third highest graded player this year? Well, here's what Probably I'm going like
2: to do: like Jalen Warren.
4: Here's what I'm going to do, boys, because I like you both. I'm, Isaac Sayamalu? I have. Uh,
3: oh, hold on. Hayward, even though he didn't play a ton of games.
4: All right, I have their offense. How about grades. Joey Porter
3: Jr., Donnie? Maybe. Maybe he was PFF's they're, third highest-graded f- stealer.
4: Four or five highest-graded players are all defense. So Watt is number one. Highsmith, two. Highsmith is number two. Benton, three? No, I'm skipping the next guy because he played one game, and Blake Martinez graded out phenomenally on his snaps. Uh, we're really – no, now we're at all the way down to you have to go to, like, Nick Herbig and Marcus Golden both graded in the low 80s Okay. in limited snaps. Backups. Um, we're talking starters, Benton, 76-9. Their highest graded offensive player all season. Jalen Warren, 78-5. Deontay, 77-9. Najee, 76 Where the hell's Sayamalu? Pickens, 74-1. Sayamalu, 73-9. Number six on the list. Number eight in your program. Number what in your heart now, Pony? Where is he now? Well, he, Second behind Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. For sure. Kenneth. Shane Pickett with a PFF grade of 70.6. And Mr. Congeniality, number two in your program, number one in your heart if you're a Steelers offensive player, Mason Rudolph, way down the list at 10 at 64.8, one spot behind Anthony Booger McFarland.
3: Yo, Patrick Peterson did his All Things Covered podcast with his cousin, former Steelers Super Bowl champion Bryant McFadden, and he gave that very awkward answer on the Steelers' quarterback room. Mm-hmm. He said, "I didn't. I don't want to answer the question. I'm still in the league. I'm still on the team. I got to bite my tongue." So he was way more forthcoming and transparent on things today when he taped the show with uh, with BMAC and some good stuff. I want people to hear. From Peterson, who I think, given his status in the league, is willing to be a little bit more honest because his place in history is pretty set. Like when he called out Brock Purdy before the first Steelers game of the year, and that really and got didn't cooked go, like a Fourth of July hot dog. That did not end up going well for him. But he's willing to put his name on things. So this is good. He was asked straight away by by Brian McFadden. From Peterson's uh, perspective, what was the difference between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph this year?
5: Here's my take on what's the difference. Mason is not afraid to take chances as a quarterback, pushing the ball down the field. He's going to stand in the pocket like he's not going to be afraid to take that pressure. I think what hurts Kenny is he re- he retrieves too much, so he makes it easier for guys to get him. Up. And yeah, he retrieves too much. It makes, it makes it easier for him to get corralled in the pocket. And it makes the defender's job that's much, much easier because now he can't set up into his throw and give deliver the ball with the right amount of philosophy mm-hmm. or, or power that he needs to. And that's why you saw a big difference on the offenses because we was basically running the same stuff. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, take our shots, run a couple slants. The difference was that Mason had the ability to stand strong in the pocket and deliver those balls, take those shots. Going back to Seattle, third down, the seven cut to uh, to George Pickens. If that was Kenny, in my opinion, I feel like he would have retrieved and not really had the balance to put that ball where it needed to be. Okay, so, hey, you can
3: say that you don't trust the source here, but I do think it's eye-opening. Someone who was on the team, who has a respected football IQ, he's not some nincompoop or down-the-line bozo, it's a Hall of Fame player, even though he's on the defensive side of the ball, pretty much saying there that the play caller or the plays were not the difference in how the offense looked at the end of the year with Mason Rudolph compared to where it was during the season with Pickett. He thinks it was. Um, like, uh, it's, not, it's not the tool. It's, it's the, not the uh,
4: ingredients. It's the chef.
3: Yeah. What's the other one? It's not the tool. It's, it's the, the carpenter. It's the carpenter. Thank you.
4: Carpenters had his couple hit songs, right? But, excuse me? The Carpenters. Never heard of them. Never heard of them?
3: Nope. You're the I don't know a loved. single one of their songs. Okay. Uh, right. Mason stood in there and made plays. Kenny wanted to bail. And that's, I think, most of us from the outside looking in saw the same things. But I don't think everyone would agree on the fact that it was – like I think a lot of the pro picket people will say, well, he retreated because no one was open. Uh, The line didn't do its job. He didn't have a choice. Canada was a complete uh, uh, idiot. Like that's why Kenny had to quit on plays. Mm -hmm. And Peterson there said, no, it was the same – the plays were the same.
4: Here's what I continue to want asked – I'm not want people to ask oh, like, like a Pat Peterson. He's not going to say what I think is the truth, what he might think is the truth. The follow up there from me would be e- even if I knew he wasn't going to answer it truthfully, I'd still want to hear what he would say cuz maybe you'd get like a, a slip or he would get real awkward about it like he did last week, Pony. Can you fix that about a player? Just can you fix it? All right, well I think
3: Peterson attempts to answer that with this one.
5: Kenny can make all the throws. And sometimes that can be a blessing and a curse because, because Kenny don't turn the ball over. He don't put the team in harm's way far as putting the defense on, short, on the short side of the field. That's a plus. What he's going to have to do this offseason is he has to stand strong in the pocket. In my opinion, he's going to have to come in there and demand the offense. When I say demand, he's going to have to tell these guys what he's looking out for out of them. The receivers, the offensive linemen, the running back. Like, you are the head honcho. Act yeah. like Be it. That last part makes me think that Peterson's
3: observation of Pickett in training camp or during the season was that he didn't either believe in himself or have the confidence in himself, and it didn't materialize or manifest in the way he communicated with players. Look, there are great guys who are not vocal leaders. I don't think Sidney Crosby is the most vocal leader, but it is hard to, be, to play that position in particular – and not be someone who doesn't like exude swagger. Respect, yeah. Well, not even just swagger, but like,
4: I'm no gonna one, bark no out. Or- questions what you're yeah, gonna I'm do. I'm gonna bark
3: out orders and instructions, and you guys and those guys are not only, to me.
4: not only follow them without question, but embrace that. Like Brady obviously did that. Peyton Manning yelling at Jeff Saturday block. I'll call the effing plays or whatever. Yeah, and that didn't. You know what, though? He did say there,
3: though, too, Chris, he's got to learn how to stay in the pocket well, and yeah. stand strong, which makes me think, though, he does believe that it's a, a learnable skill. It's something that with repetition
4: and work, he can but get how better how many at. repetitions is it going to take, man? He's done this since college. It has never changed. The most charitable interpretation of this is he got away with it in college, so he never felt like he had to get better at it in the pros. But dude, you've been in the pros now two full years. And it literally looked worse last year with this particular aspect of play. Here's the other thing about what he said about like he's got to demand certain things out of these guys. Kenny comes off outwardly as a more like serious, focused, competitive guy than Rudolph, who just seems like a happy Definitely. happy guy. And yet, what did you see? Now, I know it stems from he was getting them the ball successfully, Rudolph talking up Pickens, talking to his receivers, talking to the rest of the offense. He looked like a guy totally in command, I thought between the years, he looked a lot better than Kenny. He just looked like he had the tone and attitude of command, and what did all those guys who we all said, oh, they're such malcontents, do? They fell in line and played their asses off. Okay, so this is a question about, so
3: McFadden asks Peterson. Well, I'm going to get to that one actually last. Mm -hmm. So given what uh, Peterson has said about Pickett and Mason Rudolph, I would think right now, if he had to pick between the two, he would go with Mason Rudolph. Do you agree with me? Yes. Okay, so that's what – would you agree, Donnie, having heard these clips? Yeah, for sure. Okay, but then listen to this answer. He was asked by McFadden if they both came to camp, who Peterson would side with in this quarterback debate.
5: I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. Here's why. I agree. It should be a, a a competition. I agree upon that because there is a new office coordinator coming in, a new regime. Yep. I feel like it, it should and it needs to be a competition. If I had to hand the keys over to a guy, it would be Kenny Pickett. Because not only we went out and drafted this guy as our franchise quarterback, it didn't end up paying out the way that we thought it would. We fired our OC. We're gonna give everybody a fresh start. We drafted him to be our guy. So now we got a new office coordinator here, a a new offensive coordinator in here, new office of mine, a new way of thinking on how to get the ball down the field, get the ball in in, in important people's hands, getting the quarterback's coach from the Rams. giving all of these guys, Kenny, getting a fresh start should have the opportunity to be the day one, if I had the opportunity to, if I had to pick which one I wanted to go with, be, Right now, can he pick? He says that,
4: though, and all of his reasons are like what a GM would say. Well, we did use our first-round pick. There's a certain level of pot committedness, and he's, like, it's a, he's clearly falling into sunk cost fallacy. Hold on. He just got done saying that it wasn't really anything different. It was just the guy playing quarterback played the position differently. So explain to me how a guy with new philosophies at OC at getting the ball down the field is going to get through to a player who just didn't want to do that and put the ball in harm's way. Last year, you threaten them and say, if you don't, you're
3: not going to play. Okay. I mean, you've got to change what you're, I think, I do believe that what they demanded out of Kenny last year was to not screw it up and just play it safe. I think they've got to get him out of that comfort zone. He's good at that. Just not giving the ball away. Peterson brought it up and his interception rate would back that up, but it comes at the sacrifice of his touchdown yeah, rate, and which lack is the of exact playmaking. same. I think I think, he's, I think he's spoken like a former first-round pick there. If Patrick Peterson is a sixth, seventh-round pick or is an undrafted guy, I don't think he gives that clean slate, give him a fresh start, he was a first-round pick answer. No, because he sees the guy actually performing and says that's what matters. Okay, so this last one I'm going to play for you is interesting because there's a lot in this answer. So McFadden asks Peterson straight up if he could go out and get anybody from the outside to come here and play quarterback, who would he go with and why?
5: who I really like out of those is Kirk Cousins. Obviously. I already know. Honestly, I've been around Kirk. We need a quarterback that got the leadership that he carries and brings every single day and this is not a knock on kenny he's just never he never he, he he haven't seen it before kenny is a great guy he's learning how to become a great leader you no know, he's been thrown into the fire if you look at it he had he had no bet in front of him to learn from going through what his second office coordinator in his third season there's still a lot that he has to you know go through far as those growing pains there's no doubt in my mind that he would get there because like, I know how bad that he wants it. It's going to be intriguing uh, intriguing to see how his career and how the season and how everything's going to unfold. It's going to be up to him. He's going to have yeah. to take the bull by the horn and really, you know, make this out of, you know, what he wanted to be. So Peterson falls
3: back on what a lot of people that are around Kenny lean on, which is he wants it so bad, so he's going to make it happen. If you want something, if you can see it, if you believe it, you can make it happen. And Peterson, I think, is transfixed by that,
4: too. He had no veteran quarterback? Man, Mitch Mitch and Peterson must not have gotten along too well. Trubisky took an absolute... That's not a stray. That's like like the Matrix scene where the agents are firing
3: left and right. I think a big reason why he was on the team last year was because he was a veteran. That's why they brought him back, because he got along with Kenny so well, apparently. The answer about why he likes Cousins, though, I do think is interesting. He's got leadership that he carries and brings every day. And then pretty much said Kenny doesn't have that, but there's an excuse or there's a reason why. Clearly he saw something in the way that Pickett went about his business last year that made him think that from the mental side of things he's just not he's just not it yet. Which what the interesting thing about that to me is I thought that was the part of like the game with Kenny that he had down pat.
4: The leadership part. You can't be a great leader in the NFL unless you're at least a good player. But, Chris, he had reason to think he was a good
3: player last offseason. They they finished the season on a high note. He won
4: games late. Did people think Tim Tebow was co- a great player? No. Or a good player even? No, they didn't. Okay. Rest my case. And he won a playoff game. Yeah, against two again? Me. 316. Huh. I'm not talking about John T- 316. I'm Tebow talking 316 about the number says I, yeah, says, I just completed nine passes. The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: It's five thirty. It's time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia today. Told you we'd be back with open phone Friday four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. In a half hour, Donnie football comes your way. Let's start with Joseph in Hopewell. Hello, jo- hello, Joe.
6: Hey, what's going on? You guys are doing great, always. Thank you. So, so I, uh, I, you're using my game plan now. I called you a while back. I'm the one that said, Joe, name it. Yeah, Mason was like, name it. I was even willing to slam you on the table off the Buffalo victory. You know? I remember that, Joe. Yep. Yeah, but, you know, I talked about uh, the, the, uh, the center from Joe. Uh, from Oregon. they got to get this kid. they got to re-sign Mason Rudolph. Let these guys compete. If you could only
4: pick for that, Joe, if you could only pick to have one of those two things happen, Jackson Powers Johnson as a stealer or Mason Rudolph as a stealer next year, what would you pick?
6: Uh, that's a hard one, man. Uh, we don't ask easy one. questions. Yes. We put you
3: under the
7: broiler
6: I'm We're on not going to let you
3: go until you pick one, Joe. Or I'll slam you through a flaming
6: table. Oh, my goodness um man I, I i like rudolph i i really believe in mason rudolph i was a fan of his when they brought him in they really screwed him over ben hated him and they never really gave him a shot you don't give somebody a shot playing six games here you give a guy a shot when you say you're our guy roll with it they never gave him that shot Joe, if mason, guy, if mason
3: rudolph is their starting quarterback for the next 10 years how many super bowls will they win
6: I believe this guy can do it. I, 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 if they keep if they keep this Pickens in, we keep our you know we keep our running backs together. I think he can win two Super Bowls. I truly believe that. Thank you, Jeff.
3: Well, then why was it such a hard decision between him and a
4: center at the very beginning? Well, because he was thinking they'll win at least two of Jackson powers Johnson's their road
3: grade. Because everybody knows the real key to winning Super Bowls is to have that center.
4: Well, Mike Webster would tell you. Yeah, it is. Creed Humphrey's been pretty good in Kansas City too. Ray Mansell's pretty good. Can
3: you name the center for the Rams and their Super Bowl win a few years ago?
4: I can name Andrew Whitworth being on that team. Love tackle. I know. Can I name their center? No, because he was probably some random dude. Here is Stephen
7: Latrobe. Hello, Steve. Tony, what's up, my man hey, Mueller? How are you guys doing? Good Hello, to have you on, Steve. I, I met you both at the first fan golf outing out at uh, Manor Valley, and we sat and chatted. But oh, um, here's my deal. I have I, I, I'm rubbed the wrong way on everybody praising the Pirates for Keller because you know that that was undervalued, Brian Reynolds was undervalued, under market, and so was Cabrian Hayes. So everybody wants to say Yeeha, we did this, but it's still the same old same old. It's everybody under market value. We're not going after anybody we need, and why if our morality is right We signed a Robert Chapman for his issues, which was convicted, but yet we won't look at Trevor Bauer, who wasn't convicted, and you'll never get a talent like that in Pittsburgh for the money he would ask for. But why? I just don't get it. Thank you, Steve.
4: Uh, The first part of that call goes right back to what we wondered aloud about yesterday. Are there people who would actually rather the Pirates sign a guy for huge, legit like market value money, even if the guy failed? They wouldn't care. They'd say, they played ball the way everyone else does or the way I want to see them do it. If they sign Blake Snell to a deal that paid him $40 million a year,
3: yes, even though there are questions about whether or not he's worth that, I think fans here would go eight bleep. I think they'd be like, did somebody – like steal the owner's credit card and charge this
4: contract through. Like it would be the rea- it would be the free but agent it, reaction, by the way. But it of, would be like uh,
3: it would, Archer. It would be just complete joy, I think, and ecstasy if that happened. Even though, like on the back of my mind, if a move like that happened, be like, oh, geez, I don't know if this contract's going to work out. But hey, they spent a lot of money. Yippee!
4: I will say this. No, that's it, how I
3: felt about the Archer trade when it happened. I, well, that's what I just I heard said. you say that exactly. I felt the same exact way as you.
4: Um, I will say this to the, fir- the other part of that first, uh, like, oh, it's all undervalued. Listen, I think we all would like to see to one degree or another, depending on who you talk to, it's going to change. The Pirates spend more money in free agency on non-Pirates, free, you know, not retaining Aliriano or doing this. But knowing that part of team building is trying to retain your own guys for as long as you can. These Getting Reynolds, getting Hayes, getting Keller for what might be very team-friendly deals, all of them, especially the last two, take all the other stuff we've talked about aside. It's good business. For example, the Braves have recently won a World Series. Do people know what Ozzie Albee's deal is for them and how absurdly team-friendly that is? Or Acuna's? Acuna's already outplayed his deal. Well, he's one of the great players in baseball. And exactly. they signed him to a comically team-friendly deal. Same I think, with I think they're.
3: I think it's two different things. I think I give them credit for convincing Mitch Keller to give away a couple of his free agent years and sign a contract that annually makes him, I think, like the 31st or 32nd highest paid pitcher in baseball. I give them credit for that. And I'm still concerned that they haven't really made a significant free agent move. So there's a positive and negative there. It's not just all negative. When you sign a good player, and you get a bargain. I don't think the team should get criticized for that. I think they should get praised for it. That's what I – You, if the Steelers signed the center that we ta- – or the center that we talked about a little while ago, Connor Williams,
4: mm-hmm.
3: projected to make $14 million a year. If they got him for $7 –
4: You'd say it's a steal. Yes. But I'd, also you'd probably say, what the hell is wrong with the guy? Like, is, there a, is his leg going to fall off?
3: Uh, here is Chris next on the fan. Hello, Chris.
6: Hey, what's going on, guys?
3: Hey,
4: hello, Chris.
6: Hey, so uh, I listened to Terry Bradshaw yesterday, and I co-signed with everything that he says. I believe Pickett's a guy. You have a better opportunity of going to a championship and winning a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett than Mason Rudolph.
3: Well, what do you I think like to what... the guy that just said two Super Bowls with Rudolph, Chris?
6: No, he's ridiculous. I don't know what he's—
3: How many Super Okay, of... hold
4: on. Let me say, you said you said that they have a better chance with Pickett than with Rudolph. That does right. not demand that you answer my question coming up next with at least the answer being at least one. Next 10 years, if it is Kenny Pickett, Steelers quarterback, how many Super Bowls will they win?
6: I mean, it's tough, you know? I mean, it's tough. I, I, I would at least get one or two out of them. It, it, you're not going to win anything with Mason Rudolph. I got good news then, Pony.
4: Based on Chris's call and based on, was it Joe? They've got a win-win situation on their hands. It doesn't matter which quarterback they keep. They're winning at least one or two Super Bowls out of the next ten. All right, so Chris is still loyal to the Hilt when it comes to Rudolph. Thanks for taking advantage of Open Phone
3: Friday. Here's Jason next. Hello, Jason.
2: Hey, uh, so the last two callers with Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett, they're not going to – neither of them are winning a Super Bowl. I, I don't know what you guys feel about this. I, I don't believe in either one of them. I'm a fan of Kenny Pickett, not a fan of Mason Rudolph. He won like three games this season. I I don't know why we wouldn't take the center over Mason Rudolph, the guy from from Oregon. Oh, that yes, was also the, in the last. Call. Uh, yeah, the yes.
4: hypothetical I asked Joe. Thank you, Jason. Uh, for, to answer the question, by the way, I probably I would take Jackson Powers Johnson, my own question over Rudolph. Especially with Donnie's shows.
3: endorsement that. It-